Oh, I've got to rearrange my body. Ay, ay, ay. Look at my new journal. Cute. Except I'm, this journal is now specifically only morning pages because I did tell Patreon, but I am rereading The Artist's Way for the first time in like 10 years and back on my morning pages and have been loving it. So if any creative writer, artist, painter, whatever needs some inspo, get back on the morning pages because it does the job. Like I really want you to do them. I don't like morning pages, honestly. My brain is not there. I like my, I like before bed pages. But that's the point is it's not, it's not for your brain to be there. It's to get out everything that you need to get out so that you can dedicate yourself oh, to I hear the you. real yeah, work I hear without the thoughts swirling in your head type thing. Yeah. You just have to, it's different than journaling. You know what I mean? Like it's, it feels very, very much like a separate practice to, to me. That's why I have a different notebook. Yeah. To mind dump. Okay. Yeah. I'll try it and let you know. Okay. How are you feeling? Good. Overwhelmed. But you know. Yeah. 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 I saw Origin last night, everybody. And if you have not heard, um, it's Ava DuVernay's new film. It's Your fave. Yeah. I'm a big, big Ava fan. I think that she's a remarkable and powerful storyteller mm-hmm. for the ages. Of the ages? Mm-hmm. For the ages? Unclear. This is a movie that I think everybody needs to see. It's a little tough to watch. Um but I think that's says something. And if you don't know anything about it, I won't spoil it. But because the trailer like doesn't really explain it that much, but kind of. Yeah. But it basically it 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 takes you through the journey of this author Isabel Wilkerson, who's the author of the book Cast, which is like a New York Times bestseller. And it takes you through her research journey of understanding the connection in which caste, the caste system, is really the foundation to racism, any other ism, and how pitting people against each other and having somebody deemed inferior, somebody deemed superior based on, frankly, random things Mm -hmm. that are Mm -hmm. made up, Mm -hmm. that is how you like gain control and power. And that's all the basis of it and how these different systems, um, it, it, it compares the three of like the caste system in India and how that's like the foundation of it to Nazi Germany, to America, particularly the American South. And just like how Nazi Germany studied American text from slavery, American Jim Crow laws, like all of that built off of each other to just form these systems of oppression and hate. And it is such a powerful film, not only because of the the context of the film and what it's begging you to look at, mm-hmm. But also just in the way of like reminding you why stories are so important Mm -hmm. and like thank God that this woman makes movies and thank God that people like her are here and brave enough and courageous enough and Mm -hmm. disciplined enough to make Mm -hmm. this art. I love that you say discipline with art because that is so true. Oh yeah. Because it gets to that Mm -hmm. point. I was just reading a chapter in The Creative Act, which we love, Rick Rubin's book. And it was literally talking about that. It was like after the seed has been planted and you've done that sort of exploration phase and you're like, you're like entering the craft phase, like that is where this discipline enters because now Mm -hmm. deadlines exist and you can't Mm -hmm. just keep fucking with this idea because you keep wanting to tinker it. Like it comes to a point that you have to take that next step. So I think like discipline obviously is a huge part of that. It's a lot. It's, I feel overwhelmed. It unlocked a lot in you. Yeah. It unlocked a lot in me as a storyteller and as a creative and as just an emotional being. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it is hard to watch. I will warn you. I sobbed for two and a half hours. It's really powerful. It's just the images. It's so interesting to watch a movie that portrays such painful images of like human hate and juxtapose that with just joy and human mm. experience and the fact that what is going on on the outside has nothing to do with who we are internally and how we are so connected as humans in that way by our emotions and just like we're all dealing with Common the same internal shit. Mm-hmm. I'm always blown away by how powerful illuminating the human experience is. And I mean, not mm-hmm. to get too like ugh, just the art of it all, but like that is really mm-hmm. why I do what I do. And I've always said that of like my, I feel like my purpose here is to make us all remember that we're humans and to connect us as humans. And I think sometimes I get caught up in feeling like that's a silly thing, but it's not. And watching a movie like that reminds you of how powerful that can be. And guys, I'm not comparing myself to Ava DuVernay. Let's just put that very clear. (laughs) I'm just saying that like remembering that we're all human beings living a human experience is really fucking powerful. And if we were to take a fucking second to recognize that and take a little bit of accountability, because I think we're really scared to take accountability for something that is not our direct fault. But as they put it in the movie, like Isabel Wilkerson talks in her book about she compares America to an old house. And she's like, you can't, Mm. you can't move into this old house and ignore the history of the house. Just because you're not the one that built the house doesn't mean that now you living in it, you have to address those cracks. You have to look Mm -hmm. bare minimum. You have to look at the cracks. Mm -hmm. And it talks about trauma and how you don't move through trauma by ignoring it. You move through trauma Mm -hmm. by confronting it and looking at it. And I think that's something that Ava does really beautifully in her work is she doesn't like shove shit in your face for this like shock factor to force you to move into activism and force you into action. It's like she just beautifully portrays reality and invites you as an audience member to just look at something. Mm. Open your fucking eyes and look at it. Art is not frivolous. Mm-mm. Even when I went to Luna Luna, like there's an entire timeline that was essentially a deep dive into the history of the 20th century and every mm-hmm. political move, what year each artist was born, what what current events impacted the way they made art. I mean, Basquiat's Ferris wheel is there and just even the way people interpreted, oh, it's an amusement park. We're making something for the kids. And Aaron and I just talked about the Ferris wheel so much because so much of it was silly. There was like a fart installation. So much of it was light and silly for the kids. And his Ferris wheel says Jim Crow across the side. It has a big brain on the butt. Like art is political. And I think art has the ability, like you're saying, to connect to the common denominator of human emotions to in the same way that Ava's doing it rather than having a conversation, your politics are wrong, this is right, this is morality. Like art invites people Mm -hmm. to look at these things in a different way that actually creates more impactful narrative and conversation and and perspective shifts because it feels less Mm -hmm. threatening than pointing your finger at someone from your morally superior high ground and telling them why they're wrong. Art is so much more inviting to investigate in mm-hmm. this way. And in that way, it's so unfrivolous. Like it is the mm-hmm. most important thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Even like when you see like activism online and the anger yeah. that people feel towards each other because their activism doesn't look like your activism and they want you to right. do it this way. And they you know want you to move in a certain way. I think that's what's so cool about her and the art that she creates. Because again, like we were just saying, it invites you to just look at something. That's all she's saying. Yes. It's yeah. just maybe get a little bit curious about yourself and 
maybe don't ignore the feelings that come up internally and the discomfort that you feel internally when you see these images and when you hear this story being told to you. Like, feel that, get curious with it, and understand that you are part of a society. Mm-hmm. So this internal work, same it's thing Mina B collective. talks about. It's collective. We have to do the internal work to show up for the mm-hmm. collective and to be a mm-hmm. better collective. But yeah, she's, it, you know, it doesn't, I think we can often feel this like resistance towards looking at something that is wrong because we're like, well, shit, do I have to take to the streets? Well, shit, how much money do I have to donate? Well, shit, do I have to like, you know, talk about this on Instagram and, um, you know, put myself in a corner and do all these things instead of just being like, why does everything have to be this like giant extreme of I'm telling you how you need to show up in the world. And I think this is a larger conversation and I'm not, I'm not trying to distill the power of activism. I'm not trying to like diminish that whatsoever. So please don't interpret it that way. I'm just saying like people can show up in different ways and forget about just activism. But like, if you're just trying to like not even change someone's mind, but like get their mind to expand. The way to do it is not through forcing someone to do something in your way or telling them you're right, I'm wrong. It's about allowing them to just get a little bit curious with the possibility of the way that they've been doing things, maybe not being the best way. I'm so happy that mental health issues and challenges are being destigmatized because that is mental health work in a nutshell. Like you don't give advice. You don't tell people what to do. You like offer exploration and offer questions and ideas and perspectives to help guide people to what makes sense for them. And I think if we had a more collective understanding of that model, maybe Mm -hmm. people would start to piece together that in the same way that individual work works, that's the fucking same collective model. Like Mina B. Like, thank God. Just thank God. Praise Mina B because she's doing the Lord's work. Because it is true. Like, how? Like, hello, this to the, like, everything you're saying sounds like what we talk about in terms of self-growth. And the exact same model applies for interacting with other people, bringing in this community care, asking these important questions. It sounds like collective shadow work. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it, there's all, I mean, we could go on on this for days. Yeah. I mean, there was also to like- off topic, but- No, I mean, there was also just like a really, Zoe and I were talking about it a lot too after the movie of like, it also just begs you to identify the value of questions and the power of questions. And we were talking about just journalism and storytelling and all of that and the way that I approach stories that I write and interviews that I write. And I told him, I was like, sometimes I get taken aback when somebody asks or somebody responds to one of my questions. Like, that was a really good question. Thank you for asking me that. Because in my head, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that wasn't a good question. Like, I would just ask you a question. And I was like, I think it's because I approach things in a way that is like, yes, sometimes look, if I'm interviewing someone boring that I know is going to be boring, I kind of know where I want the story to go and I'll guide them in that direction because I like know what I want you to tell me. But if I'm talking to somebody and like trying to get a quote out of you, Mm -hmm. which is a whole other discussion, but like if I objectively is journalism. So, but I'm like, is that morally correct? I don't know. But I think that like, if I'm talking to someone that's just like, I'm genuinely interested, mm-hmm. which I'm interested in all, everyone, let's not be, you know, whatever. No, I'm not. That's a lie. But uh, whatever, like, let's say I'm, I'm not even going to try and quote that. You don't need to placate yourself to be politically correct <sighs> on this I place. Okay? Like, I, I'm not fucking theory. interested in what a lot of people don't. say. Yeah. Um, but if I am really interested in what you have to say, and I do, I'm like excited to talk to you, I will just ask you shit that I'm genuinely curious because I, whatever you tell me is going to be much more powerful than whatever I think I'm like trying to guide you to tell me. Absolutely. Like my interview with Coleman Domingo was a perfect example of that. We That's were just walking exactly through this man's house. Head. Like yeah. this man was just telling me stories that I couldn't even believe. And I was just like 
prompting him was shit that I was literally just curious about. And yeah. I think that like we forget to ask each other. I think we, we've gotten so conditioned to ask each other the questions that we think we're supposed to ask. Like, how are you? How are you doing? How's your family? How's this? How that? But we don't actually ask what we genuinely mean and are genuinely curious about. And I, I don't know, just, I'll never shut the fuck up about questions being so, so powerful and like just mm-hmm. a direct streamlined way into like, I don't know, connecting to humanity more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Speaking anyway, of which, for you want to answer the questions that our community <laughs> asked us? Yeah. Sorry if I keep fucking with my neck. By the way, guys, I really have a kink in my neck that I've had for I have two, and nuts. it moved from one side to the other. And my sister was supposed to come down, and I was going to force her to massage me. And everyone in our family is sick. It's a perfect so I think I'm going right to book now. a massage because my body. But you know what? I will say mine is because my intention has been honor, respect, and treat my body as important as my mind and my spirit Ooh. because that has felt like a disconnect. And I've been really showing up and doing that. But because of that, I've got a little more aches and pangs because I'm working out and moving and grooving with my body in a way. Me too, dude. I'm on a good workout kick. Me too. So I think this is why our body's like, oh, you're doing it, but there's some growth pains. So we deserve massages. We do. I'm Meadowlark. And I'm Gabriela. And this is Thoughts May Vary. The podcast that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community. And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And Is that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people? Okay. Um, you guys asked us a bunch of great questions. Thank you, as always. We'll dive right in. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people asked a variation of this question. I honestly wasn't okay. going to answer it today. And then I was like, man, a lot of people asked it. I think that's a sign for us to talk okay. about it a little bit. They asked tips on going off of birth control after 10 years, tips about it, your experience, what's your birth control for sex. I have a lot of thoughts. And you did this much more recently that I've done that as well, but you're, I mean, I got off, I was on for over 10 years, but got off over six years ago. You did it much more recently. So yours are more top of mind. So please take it away. Well, I just think number one. I don't feel necessarily comfortable like sharing my what I do for birth control for sex. Like, yeah. I think you it's a personal journey. Um yeah. I think while my personal opinions on hormonal birth control are allowed to exist, I think that access to healthcare is like the most important thing in the entire world. So I will never tell somebody like what to do with their yeah. own body. I yeah. think that's why you need to find a doctor that you trust to work with. And I don't want to say that flippantly because tell, I'm telling you right now, finding a gynecologist that actually fucking listened to me and took me seriously was a decade long process. And I'm not even going to placate that to like try and make someone feel better because it was tough. Um, mm-hmm. But I implore you to keep looking if you don't feel like you're being listened to and you're being dismissed because mm-hmm. it happens a lot with women's healthcare and especially with birth control, with issues that arise from birth control or any issues that arise in our bodies. They're like, man, mm-hmm. it's just how it is. So I urge you to keep looking and not, not get discouraged and keep it pushing, but it's definitely very important to work with a doctor in this. At least for me, it was. There's also some really great resources. I love Alyssa Vitti. I think her book in the flow is fantastic. She has a company called flow living that you can work with professionals on there. And she really deals with like hormonal health. Um, Mm -hmm. but even if you don't have like a hormonal imbalance or anything like that, like she does like cycle syncing and all that sort of stuff. And so her website, um, and her company flow living is a really cool resource that I would suggest you like look into. She also has been on a bunch of podcasts. Um, She's just like a really interesting woman to talk to. would love to have her on the pod one day. Mm -hmm. 
And that book in particular was what I was reading when I was like prepping my body to get off the pill. I'd been on the pill for eight years, so I completely understand you. In terms of my experience, so what I'll say is like, find a doctor you trust, find some resources and prep your body. I wouldn't cold turkey it. I don't know. That's Ooh, just me. Yeah. Um, I, I Everybody's of, different. Yeah. In terms of my experience, I really felt like I went through puberty again. It was emotional. It was intense. But then I also had this really intense sigh of like relief in terms of feeling like, oh, this is what my body's supposed to look like. This is what my body's supposed to feel like. I felt at home for the first time um, because I got on I the pill like very yep. personality-wise. Yeah. Right? That too. Mm-hmm. I went on the pill very quickly after hitting puberty. So I don't even think like I adjusted. Same. And then it's been a wave since then of like me having to work with my doctor because like I have PCOS and like my periods are painful and I have to like balance my hormones and I, you know, do a lot of check-ins and shit, but like, it's a very personalized journey. <laughs> um, do you, or do you not have an entire YouTube video about this too? If people are more curious, for I a took it down discussion? actually. Did you, I took it down because I feel like there was information in there that was like not correct. Hmm. Okay, cool. Good and I you. don't feel comfortable. Like I'm fine that I filmed it. And then sure. I posted it for so long, but rewatching it, like you I think it's fine to take and... accountability and be like, I actually don't like what I said there. And I don't think that like I gave a robust image and like, maybe I'll talk about it later when I'm like, cool, more comfortable love with that. it. Mm-hmm. Honor that growth. I love that. Good for you. What about you? I mean, you covered everything I, f- I feel hundred percent. Okay. I agree with all the same guidance. Okay. This is a sweet question. What's something that you've been meaning to tell someone recently? Did something come to mind to you immediately? Cause I'm going to have to take a think. Nope. I need to think too. Okay. Hold on. Pause for everyone. Hydration break. I thought of one. Okay. And it's funny because it's because my mom pissed me off recently. (laughs) And in that healing is not linear. And in her pissing me off, I should remind her yet again, how much growth she's done, particularly in the last 10 years, five to 10 years. That's sweet. She's She's a different person. Our relationship is better. Not like it was ever horrible or bad or anything like that, but just she's really been open to growth in a cool way that when I was younger, I didn't anticipate her being. Mm. And it's allowed us to get closer and she's going to continue to piss me off for the rest of her life. And that's going to be fun. And that's the journey. And she's changed and grown a lot. And I'm proud of her. That's really nice. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm like, because I just blabber to people all day. When I'm actually thinking about I'm going to call my mom later and tell her that now. That's very nice. So thank you for asking um, that. What is something I've been meaning, meaning to tell someone? Have you been meaning to tell me how much my skin is breaking out? Because I know. Oh, you know what? My conversations with my dad are so funny and he cracks me up. And I just don't think I like – well, first of all, he's so fucking ADHD that I can't even get a word in. No, because he's like He so just talks. Funny. He just talks yeah. in circles about like so many things but nothing. Nothing. And yeah. so I never really get a chance to – tell him because he like cuts me off, but <laughs> I just have the best time talking to him on the phone. And I feel like he doesn't yeah. know that. I feel like he thinks that I think it's like a chore, Aww. but I just have like the best time. <laughs> yeah. You're just He's along so, for the ride, baby. I'm along for the ride. It's so funny. Sometimes you just like, well, listen to what he has to say. I turn my brain off and I'm just like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. I walk Listening away from the phone. Listening to the two like, of you talk when we were all playing bananagrams was hilarious because it was just that. You had like four yes. words in, but you looked yes. very happy and pleased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like, I think when I was younger, I used to like get offended and be like, he doesn't care. And da, 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 like, why is it all about mm. him? Now I just like genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. Cause he means so well. Of course. You should it's tell okay. him. Yeah. You should that's nice. Thank you for that nice question. question. That's a really cute question. How to cope when you know where you want to be, but aren't there yet. Oh, we got different versions of this, this kind okay. of root of this cool. question. Show him your tattoo. 
Because <laughs> to be me, here now, babe. <laughs> to me, this is very much honoring your growth and dreams and goals, and also accepting the present. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing. I think honoring your growth and growth and dreams and goals requires being in the present and being grateful for the present. I mean, I guess we did kind of speak to this a little bit more in like a spiritual manifestation Mm -hmm. way on the Patreon episode that we just recorded, which will be out probably like the day after this in terms of meeting the present moment with gratitude, having, you know, doing your due diligence, doing the movements, but also being open to gifts, Mm -hmm. miracles, past the universe shows you being open to meeting the present moment, being open to loving yourself wholly right here and right now. Mm -hmm. But all of that is speaking more to the balance of the two of those things and not necessarily tangible tips or tools for how to create that balance. So let me think of what I do in order to create that balance. I mean, fuck. It's, I, nature just really does it for me. Yeah. Just spending time outside, spending time in nature, we really are just little animals. Like getting outdoors and just taking a fucking minute, like just taking a fucking breath. I really, you know how they used to have everyone when smoking was like a thing, they'd have smoke breaks. Like, I really think we should keep smoke breaks, but it needs to just be like nature and walk breaks. Yeah. It's just every couple hours for 10 minutes, to just be outside, take a couple deep breaths, realign. Like that's really where I find the balance of like, wow, look how magical this present moment is. I'm so happy to be here and so grateful that I get to plan and dream for more days like this. Mm. Like that's a really easy way for me to find the balance of that perspective is just being outside and taking a minute with myself. Mm-hmm. Another way to balance the present moment and the future self is building self-trust. And I think that comes from making small little goals and routines or resolutions or whatever it may be and fucking showing up for them. Yeah. So if you say you want to wake up earlier and you keep saying it, but you keep snoozing your alarm, you're telling your brain that you're not to be trusted because you don't show up for the things you'll say you're going to do for yourself. And that's Mm -hmm. like a a very, I know that sounds deep and like it's taking it It too far, but it is a really real thing about the way you view yourself subconsciously. And it doesn't even have to be like a big lofty goal or something. Just say like, I don't know, like I, I want to stretch at the same time on Sundays or I'm going to paint my nail. Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? The thing doesn't matter. The context doesn't matter. It can be whatever you want it to be, but little ways to build that self-trust I find is very important for honoring the present moment and working towards having confidence for what you can be in the future. Mm. What about you? Well, how do you, how do you strike that balance? I mean, co-sign everything you said. And I really like what you just said about building those habits and then holding yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I've been starting discipline, to, right? yeah, I've been starting to really focus on discipline lately. Mm-hmm. I have noticed slight shifts in the way that I view myself and my capabilities to be able to do something. Because too. I think sometimes when I have these bigger goals and I'm like, well, you can't even do that. You can't even get yourself to do the little thing. How are you going to get, how are you right. ever going to do the big thing? Right. So yeah, I think you're hundred percent And that could correct. be a subconscious thought. Like oh, maybe yeah. you're not thinking that consciously, but that bleeds into even asking this question, how do I balance? Right. Oh yeah. I think for me too, because I, I totally understand where this person is coming from. Oh yeah. In the sense of like, yeah, like I, I have big goals. I have big dreams. I've always been that way. And so I think like I've spent a lot of time in my life just chasing it and like not Mm. being here now, even when I was young, I never wanted to be in school. I just wanted to work. Always, yeah. always, 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 always. I also think another thing that I'll add to your list is like when I get in those moments where I get really caught up and being frustrated with where I'm not yet. I take inventory and I make a list and you take inventory and you write down the facts. What are all the things you've accomplished in the last year? What are all the little things that you've done and that you've grown? And like being able to take inventory and look at that list and be like, this is fact. This happened. Mm -hmm. 
is really helpful because that noise and that anxiety is just lies and fear. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. just like getting really real with yourself and looking at facts has always been very helpful for me. It's just show it's showing your brain the data, which, Mm -hmm. which in a beautiful way. Yeah. And again, that data can be the little things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to like, don't place so much merit on, I mean, maybe because you and I just had this conversation in a different context, but don't place so much merit on like qualifying yourself to do the thing. Like yeah. you are inherently qualified. So in the same way, even that data, I would implore you to write like, what data do you feel proves that can do that? And like, what are other examples that you may feel like aren't as weighty that absolutely are or yeah. add up or make up a part of it? How to get back into spirituality. I went through a hard breakup and turned away for a few years. Do you have thoughts? Yes. <laughs> They're kind of harsh. (laughs) Oh, wow. I just think we talked about this in our Patreon only episode that will be going up soon that I, and I don't mean this towards the person who asked this question whatsoever, because I think I can sit here and tell you what I do to connect to my spirituality. I can tell you habits. I can tell you expanders. I can tell you who I follow on the internet. I can tell you little rituals. Meadow can do the exact same thing. And I don't think that that's not helpful. Okay. So we can still do that within this answer. I just want to like clarify that spirituality, like personal development is so individual and it is your, was my first thought too. Like it is your personal relationship with source, whatever you call that God, universe, source, angels, you, whatever. It is your own relationship with that. Mm -hmm. And so that is not for anybody else to coach you on how to do it. Again, we can give context, we can give ideas, Mm -hmm. all of that. But if you, from the context of this question, it seems like you were already a spiritual person and you were already tapped in. So maybe just start getting curious with the ways in which you tapped in before. Maybe are you praying? Are you meditating? Are you like saying, you know, thanks and gratitude? Are you like talking to a fucking tree? Are you like Mm -hmm. talking to your Mm -hmm. angels? Whatever. Are you doing coffee every week? Like whatever it was Mm -hmm. that like made you feel good or try and do those things. And we can list off a few because I want to be helpful if that's what they're looking for. But I don't know. I just feel like we keep getting these, like not just us, but like the internet. And I ask these questions too. So like I'm including myself in this. It's so She's easy projecting. to just look at other I'm people. No, I, we had a whole conversation on Patreon about yeah, me projecting Yeah, there was a joke on Patreon, yeah. <laughs> well, like, we spend so much time asking other people to tell us how to live our lives and how to connect with our own fucking source mm-hmm. when it's just really like an individual thing. And I think the answer mm-hmm. is within you. I don't and know. It, was, it, was, it was exactly <laughs> my first thought where I went to. And frankly, I think if you were to do that, rather than to seek it from someone else, that would be the first step in developing that intuition, which is a big part of spirituality for me, following Mm -hmm. yourself and following your intuition. Because as Gabby said, it's a personal relationship for you. So going back to just like in this moment, taking some deep breaths and asking like, what would that look like for you? Follow Mm -hmm. that. Don't follow what a routine on TikTok is saying. Don't follow the suggestions that we can still give you, even if you want them just to be helpful. Like go with what it is telling you. Mm -hmm. And that could look so different than ours. Mm-hmm. I, I could not agree more. For Thank the sake you. of still answering the question, do you want to give <laughs> tools? Um, I could just fire them off. Coffee affirmations, meditating, scripting, journaling, morning pages, outside time in nature, listen to spiritual lectures to get inspired, um, create, play, get in a flow state. Pray. Pray. Ask, ask questions, ask for guidance, Mm -hmm. play with tarot cards, 
ask a question in your journal and just wait and see what comes. See if you answer it in your mind and on a flow. Like, mm-hmm. This was an interesting question because I didn't really know how to answer it because I'm like, hmm. couldn't have. I don't know. What are ways you wish you would have shown up for your younger self when you were younger? Mm. I think I showed up for myself when, when I was younger often harshly yeah, because I felt so overwhelmed and so like I was the only one that could do it that I did it very aggressively because I felt like it was the only way I could to be taken seriously or to make a point. And I don't think that's true. I think you can keep your heart open in hell, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I I guess wish I would have done it softer, but I still don't because I think it led me to develop the thought to be soft now. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I, I'm not one of someone that often wishes things would be different in the past, but I, I can see the way in which I showed up for myself developing and changing and giving me insights and epiphanies and conversations with myself now that allows me to show up for myself in a different way that I really fucking love, respect, and admire. I just don't even think I had a fucking concept of what an inner child was before I went to Hoffman. Like, I don't think I ever made that connection before the age of 22 years old. Like there was no way in hell that I was like thinking about like little Gabby. Mm. That connection did not exist to me. I'm really Mm. trying to think about it. Like even if emotionally it did, and I just didn't know how to express it, but mm-hmm. I never would make that connection of like the like all the memes we see now of like this is who you're talking to when you're yelling at yourself, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That connection wasn't even there. So that's why when I first saw that question, I was like, I don't even know how to answer that because I don't even think that connection existed for me. I was really mm-hmm. harsh. I was really harsh with myself. And I don't think I realized who I was talking to. Like yeah. now I feel so much more integrated with all of those versions of me and all of like the little tiny versions of me that exist within me that like I can think about that more, but I don't even think I had a concept of that. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that people that are young now, like are actually growing up thinking about that. It's fun to hear when we answer questions like this. Cause like I was absolutely raised with a deep concept of that just because mental illness was so rampant. So mm. young, I had psychiatrists in my family. Yeah. I had like known about Esalon. I was given a Ram Dass book at age 14, 15. Yeah. Like I was so, so many people died when I was so little. So that inherently creates that. Like, it's always fun to see the way you and I come to the same conclusions. And yet we're raised with like such different beliefs or like understandings around mm-hmm. these things sometimes. Thoughts may vary, baby. Thoughts may vary. God, I'm starving. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. Can you tell? This night? is why I'm leaning back so much. Why? Well, because the, the movie that we went to was at six. I had worked out Wrecked before. you emotionally. I like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, drank, I chugged like a protein drink like on the way Ooh. to the theater because I was like, I need some caloric right, right, intake right. right now. And then I got popcorn, but then like the moment – shoveled it down my throat until yeah. the movie started. Once the movie started, I was like, I can't eat anymore. So I stopped yeah, eating. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. hungry. And then when we got home, it was like 9.45 and I was like, I'm not going to like eat and go to bed. Right, right, right. So I just didn't eat. And now, and then I had like, I had a big breakfast, but I'm like fucking hungry. The moment I finished eating and like went to get ready, I was like, great, I can eat again. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Yeah. Um, speaking of inner child memories, I just need you to know that like if it was late at night and I couldn't fall asleep and I was hungry, my dad would make me little plates and it was always like toast with butter or jam or something and fruit. And he would like, ar- it, it, literally my dad like taught me ASMR before ASMR because he would like arrange it in very cute, like specific little ways and it would always be different. Oh. And then he would walk me through PMR. I would like eat my little snack and he would walk me through PMR exercises to help me fall asleep. Like my dad was poles. Yeah. Do you not know that? <gasps> no. The PMR? Have I not shared that with you? Wait, tell me what oh it is. God. Maybe I know. 
progressive muscle relaxation is like a term that I knew my whole life because my dad has been doing it since I was a literal infant to help me fall asleep that I learned the basis of what my very first mental health job ever in college to guide other people through. And I was like, Oh my God, like my dad is a genius. Basically it's PMR is like where you go through each body part and you tense and then relax to kind of send signals oh, to your brain to relax okay. your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would be laying down and my dad would be like, feel your toes. Like how cozy are they? Tell them to go to sleep, like sink into the bed. Now your feet and your ankles. And he would like go and like, you know, by the time he's at my knees, I'm like, yeah. yeah. but he was like, he would self guide me as like, I'm literally talking like three and four years old, like from young, young, young self guide me to like, tell my body to go to bed. That's so sweet. That's really cute. Oh, pretty cute. Can't yeah. wait for you to do that to your babies. Okay, oh my God, I know. Okay. I say this is a longer question, but interesting. Tips for having okay. patience and also setting emotional boundaries around loved ones who are in an initial who are in the initial stages of self-work. Context. I have a close family member whom I love dearly and spend a lot of time with, but they're been showing up lately in a way that is challenging for me to be around sometimes. It's nothing serious like addiction or severe mental illness, just a lot of low self-worth language and behaviors. I've done a lot of work on myself to overcome low self-worth, so seeing it mirrored in someone I'm related to is kind of triggering. They've taken the first steps into going into therapy, which is awesome. This is the work, baby. You do the work and you think you fix your self-worth and the universe will be like, did you? Here's a family member to show you it every single day to make sure that you stay grounded in yours. Like this is just the way the work happens. Yeah. I I relate to this so much. It happens to me every time I feel like I unlock something new. Then someone's like, boom, let's trigger it and make sure you did. Like it is- literally. It is so the way the work happens. That's the only reason why I'm smiling or laughing. Just keep working. It's asking you to look at it more. I don't think it has, the way you're making it sound is not like there needs to be this big boundary conversation or anything like that. Like maybe set some energetic boundaries, maybe do some visualizations when you go into it. Maybe why it could be an opportunity to go closer. Is it someone you could be like, yo, I've had to work on myself a lot by doing that and listen to you saying it. Like I feel myself right there back with you. Like here's what I've done to unpack it. Here's what I, the connection I made about myself. Like does that resonate with you? Does it not? Why? Like you could use it as a bonding conversation or connector. Like you could do an energetic protection and read Mm -hmm. yourself your grocery list in your head while they go on it and then move on to the next thing. You know, I, I don't know. It's your relationship, your own unique journey. I just very much relate to feeling like you've healed something and then watching someone else close to you in your life, repeat it over and over again to make sure you feel grounded in it. Like that is just so, no, it's so true. That's so the work in a nutshell that my God, I hear you. I hear you. It's so funny realizing that like part of it is that other people are going to continue to suck in their own ways in the same oh, way yeah. that you suck in your own ways. And oh, like, yeah. you can't change them. All you can address is how you show up to the conversation differently. And like people are allowed to have their emotional and- reactions in however fucking way they want. Mm-hmm. But it also is frustrating when like you do this and then you're like, oh, but then I want everyone to be like in my life. That's like, great. And like, they have the same reaction as me and we're all doing the thing. And it's like, that's just not the reality of it's never gonna the happen. world. And it's never just gonna never going to happen. So I love the little emotional protection shield. And I also love your advice of like, sometimes it's nice to like make a joke out of it and like talk about it together because I've definitely done that. And then also it's nice to be like, I actually don't want to inform you of how I'm feeling because I don't think it's going to be useful. I don't think it's going to be helpful. I don't think it's going to make you feel good. I don't think it's going to make me feel good. Like what the fuck is the point of that? I'm just going to show up nice and protected and keep pushing. I remember I had an ex-boyfriend like really fucking try and get me to like spill everything I like thought about my parents in Hoffman like to my parents. And I was like, no, no. That's so unhelpful for everybody involved. That's so inappropriate. Absolutely. Like, no. 
So we don't know your relationship, you know, it could go any which way, but I would just say what it sounds like to me in my own experience of that is it's usually asking me to keep looking at the thing. Yeah. And maybe meditate. Meditate just creates all the space between you and your reaction and your response. So when the thing comes up and you notice yourself getting triggered, meditation daily will allow you in that moment to be like, Ooh, there it is. That's interesting. Let me get curious about it. What is it telling me? What does it feel like? Like, why am I absorbing with that? You know what I mean? It it helps to ask all the questions, the importance Mm -hmm. of questions, but I feel you feel you. Okay. We have a couple more. (laughs) How do you know when it's time to stop going to therapy? I think when you know, you know, (laughs) (laughs) well, also it's different for everyone. It is different for everyone. Annoying answer, but it's true. It's different for everyone. When you just don't think it's being helpful anymore, when you feel like you're just running in circles. And maybe it doesn't mean stop. Maybe it means find something that's different. That's also supportive. Find a new thing. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's stop for a while. Find a new therapist, like whatever it may be. But if you're asking because you're not gaining from it, then look into other things. Yeah. That's okay. Would love a chit chat about favorite recurring signs and symbols. Michaela asked that. Oh, Michaela, I love you. I'm not answering that question right now. You can (laughs) if you want. Favorite recurring signs and symbols, again, are so unique and individual and personal. So it's not necessarily that I want to share them all the time because I don't I just like like my special symbols. Yeah. Yeah. I feel feel like I want to protect them and share them. I will say developing a relationship with frequently occurring signs and symbols is one of my favorite ways to chat with the universe. Oh, hundred percent. It's so fun to laugh and be like, oh, thanks girl. See you. (laughs) I also know that Michaela has like a really beautiful book and I do too about signs and symbols and about like all across cultures and the meaning and how far back they go and hieroglyphics. And yeah, dude. So it's, it's really fun to go down that rabbit hole. I find my interpretation of them sometimes is super aligned. Sometimes is different. I think it's all whatever Mm -hmm. you want to make of it. But I will say like the, I know we've discussed the feeling of seeing signs and symbols and the feeling of like being in the flow and that communication in a really beautiful way that just feels tapped in. But they, I would say like, I've never sought them out. They've always revealed themselves to me. Yeah. But I, I, I'll ask. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, I mean like a specific, like if it's specifically this thing, I've never been like, oh, that's going to be my symbol. Show me it. It's like, I will ask that after I already have that as a symbol. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if butterflies are your symbol, I could ask the universe, show me two butterflies today to see Mm -hmm. what happens. But I think they reveal themselves to you, which is kind of cool. So if you don't if you feel like you don't have them and you're just curious or interested or think that might be fun for you, that's a very good opportunity and exercise to practice presence, practice mindfulness, Mm -hmm. pay attention, look around, get curious, view the world as an artist, like look at every nook and cranny and everything around you in details and like, see what comes from it. Sorry. I took a shit on your question, Michaela. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. (laughs) They asked, how do you bring something to a relationship with your mentor? What I think what they mean is because we've talked about mentorship on here in a way that it's a two-way street and that they're not going to be the only ones adding value and you are able to add value. That's how I'm interpreting it. I don't know what that, I don't know what they mean by it. So let's roll with that. Like, let me know if I'm really missing the mark and if I've lost the plot, but that's what I'm interpreting your question as. And I think that it depends on the individual mentor. Like I think, Mm -hmm. okay, for example, I, I moderated a panel with this amazing journalist, Danielle Robey on it. And she was talking about how she's had like amazing mentors. Like Larry King is one of her mentors. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that like, she would just start sending him like, she was like, what value can I bring to this guy? Like, what can I bring? I'm learning so much from him. What can I possibly teach him? And she was like, so I just would start sending him articles that I thought 
were he think were interesting and I would like just just do that so I think it just depends on like the dynamic between you and your mentor the type of person that they are but don't look at it as like I need to teach them this thing every day I think mm-hmm. you are already I think you engaging in a conversation that allows somebody to be a teacher teaches them yeah that's exactly about themselves I was exactly what I was going to say. So don't get too caught up in the things. But yeah, even if it's like, I saw this article that I thought you would think is super interesting, or here's a book that I think you'd love, or do you know who's a person in my life that I think you'd really enjoy? Would you mind if I put you guys in like in a text chain and you guys like introduce, you you know, whatever, or like, oh, Mm -hmm. I have this friend who is a really great assistant. And like, I know you're looking for an assistant. Like, I'd love to connect you. Like, whatever. It can be anything. The conversations in and of themselves, are you doing that? I had an old job when I was in my twenties where I was managing someone in their seventies and every conversation we had, we learned so much from each other. And Mm. isn't that funny? Isn't that, was it Anne Louise or someone said an example like that recently in terms of pairing people up in a seventies and twenties and thinking, what do we have to learn from each other? And it's so, the answer is so much. And it's only from sharing perspectives. You're born at a different time. You have a different vessel. You interpret things differently. Like even just sharing energetic exchange, thought exchange, like that's value in and of itself. Don't overthink it. And don't diminish your value just by showing up to a conversation. So anyway, I hope that's what you meant. That's how I interpreted it. Yeah. And if you didn't, please ask it again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last question. 20 years old, single for years. At times I feel too picky and that my standards are too high and that's why I'm alone. Any advice? You're not. If you haven't felt it, you haven't felt it. Yeah. I don't know. My gut reaction is that learning to be alone and not lonely is its own art. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really, really hard to be lonely. And yet I feel like if you haven't felt a, a spark or a flutter or whatever you want it to be with someone, like that's okay too. And you don't 100%. have to like lower your standards to make that happen. No. But I do think that if they have felt a spark or a flutter, I think there's a difference between non-negotiables and like yes. inappropriate standards. I think like everyone TikTok needs to, standards. Yeah. Like you have to have your yeah. list of non-negotiables right? and no human being is perfect. So they're obviously whoever you're in a relationship with is going to do shit to piss you off. Right. And it's very, we write people off really, really, really easily. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as your non-negotiables are not being fucked with. Now, I'm not saying like if you have no connection to this person, but they like take the non-negotiable box and be with them. That's not what I'm of saying. Of course, of course. But I just think like if you do have that hunch that you feel like you are being a little picky, I would maybe jot down the things that like morals and values are different yeah. than blue eyes like, and what five are, nine Yeah, like what are you being like, picky that's about? Very different. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's things that make sense to not compromise on because they're like genuine wants and desires and needs and and interests. And then there's Mm -hmm. pigeonholing yourself to a standard that has the way someone looks or what they wear or how they act or what their job is will have nothing to do with their spirit and soul of the person they're going to show up as. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting to play with. Mm -hmm. However, if it it is, I think my gut reaction was assuming you have that dialed and people aren't showing up the art of learning to be alone and not lonely is okay. And like, you still don't have to like rearrange those dials over and over again to like meet someone that doesn't feel in that way. Yeah. Both are true. Yeah. Both are true. J'adore nuance. (sighs) Moral of the show. Moral of the freaking show. of the freaking show. You know how I really lost my train of thought and you guided me back there for a second. It's because I got a text. The journalism fucking industry, dude, 
teams are just the layoffs that are happening in journalism right now. Oh, can we talk yesterday briefly? Because I I don't have contact on strike. So the the New Yorker and oh my god, I can't remember what other magazine at Condé unionized a very long time ago, but it was only those publications. This last two years or three years since the pandemic, um, Connie and Ass has like formed a union and it's just been an ongoing thing. Like, well, so the BA finally, team? yeah, but that's not even like the fucking Close to what it is. gist yeah. of it. Um, yeah. I don't know what they've spoken about publicly, so I don't feel comfortable because I've like spoken yeah, yeah, yeah. to insiders and I don't know what's like public, but th- what is public is like they, they finally like are on strike and Hathaway apparently walked out of a Vanity Fair photo shoot. Um, I love her. I know in so solidarity with the strike. Much so I love her so. That's much. happening. But yesterday, there were 150 people were laid off from the LA Times yesterday. Yeah. I I I don't mean to be this bitch, but if you stuck around this long, you know me because my first thought was like Age of Aquarius coming in hot. Yeah, not what you say to someone who just got laid off, but like totally hear where your head's at. No, I'm not saying it to them. <laughs> I'm saying in a general like collective pattern seeking way. I'm not saying it to a human individual. Yeah. I'm not saying it to a human individual. Yeah. Just the the patterns of what we're going to start seeing happen. That's all I'm saying. It's scary. It's scary, especially going into an election year. So many great journalists that have integrity that are being laid off that do great work. It makes you think. Election year in and of itself could be a a Patreon unpacking because like the thoughts, I mean, it's all we've been talking about. And by we, I mean me and Aaron, but you and I too. Anyway, if you were one of those people, I am really sorry. Your voice matters. You're very talented, I'm sure. And something great will come your way. Speaking of like cool expander slash media, just that I believe in, there's a show called Breaking Points and it's a man and a woman and one was a Republican and one was a Democrat. And they were, they used to do a show called The Hill. And then they ended up being censored by all the stories they wanted to bring because of who was funding the show. And they Mm -hmm. were like, fuck this. You can't limit, like, this is what journalism is. You can't limit us broke away, start a new YouTube channel from zero and now like already have over a million. And they are very much like, here are the facts. Here are perspectives from different sides, like very much more middle of the road. Like they're something I believe in, but I also just think that's a cool example of like, yes, your voice does matter. And even if other people in different places won't hear it, like you can find a path and other people like us that resonate it, like we'll find you. Yeah. Oi. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank we you for some food in us to yeah. deal with this. Thank yeah. you for asking questions for everyone that Thank did. Asking important questions. And we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget Stop to drink watching. some water, take some deep breaths, get outside today, kiss a tree. <laughs> Fucking hug a tree, bitch. Hug a tree, hug a meadow. Bye. Bye. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. There you go. Thanks, baby. Gotcha.